There were so many times when I thought, oh, I'm never going to be back in the squad, I'm never going to get that opportunity again, and that was genuinely my only goal the whole time. The longer it kind of went on, the more I thought, maybe this isn't going to happen, maybe I'm not going to get back to where I want to be, and maybe that's not going to be an opportunity that, that I experience again. You're listening to the England Rugby Podcast, O2 Inside Line. I'm Tatiana Hearn. I'm Tatiana Hurd. I play for Gloucester Hartbury and England. I play inside centre, so I'm in the backs, but I'm more of a ball-carrying centre. I like to be quite aggressive and quite physical. What I think makes a good inside centre is somebody that can distribute the ball well, makes their tackles a big threat defensively and attacking and dominant ball carries. I think of myself when I was younger, when I was small, I haven't really changed much at all. Pretty competitive, but also quite reserved, quite quiet until I'm in an environment where I can compete or be up against other people. And then I tend to be a bit more outspoken and be a bit competitive, but generally tend to keep myself to myself and always have really been quite quiet, been quite reserved. So I was born in Italy. My dad was in the army, so they were based over there. Only stayed there for two years, so busy learning English, didn't really learn any Italian. We moved to America when I was two, stayed there until I was five. Uh, My dad's American. And then we moved to North Yorkshire, where my mum's from. Grew up there ever since. So I grew up in a small town called Kirby Moorside. It's a little market town in North Yorkshire. Not many people live there. A lot of my family lived there, so that's where my mum was born and raised. Aunties, grandparents, all from the same area. They all still live in the same town. Everybody knows everybody. It's a great place to grow up. You kind of get your own space and you can roam around and it's pretty safe. It's not like the big cities. I don't remember loads from living in different areas, but I just remember moving. So obviously moved around quite a lot as a kid. I think I've always felt like quite independent when I was younger because we went from place to place. But because when you're moving and you're in new environments, I just kind of felt like I could be by myself and I could, like, I guess, work out how to act and how to be in different environments. I think that really helped me because I, when I was 16, went to Hartbury College. It didn't seem like a big deal moving away from home. It didn't seem like a massive step to move down the country. I think it's a good trait to have to be able to be a bit flexible with being in different environments and definitely in rugby. You have to be adaptable and like obviously you're staying in different places and you're even for just to be in a different club or be in a different environment in terms of your teammates. Yorkshire definitely feels like home. Got a lot of family there and that's where I spent the majority of my childhood. So grew up there, grew up around loads of family, all my friends, and that's where they all still are. So um, to be able to go back home and see everybody all at once and like Christmas is at home is great. Yeah, I definitely always consider that home. H's and then to Hurd, still Hurd, and she's over. Tatiana Hurd, a second try in an England shirt. She was always like really competitive with anything we did. So it was always a challenge to her. She always had to be the one to win. But yeah, we got along really well. We still do. Alexander Hurd, brother, 
obviously family is gonna be mum and Kev. Um, they'll try and get to every game pretty much between watching her and watching me play. They try and share it out a little bit, but I think she's the favourite to be honest. I think they try and get to more of hers. One of the main things is the amount of like injury setbacks she's had, like the amount of knee problems she's had, and then even other health things like um, glandular fever that set her back for quite a while. Um, she just always managed to stay positive about it and push through these things, regardless of like how long term they were. She's always just cracked on, done the work, and obviously it's paid off for her. The proudest moment was watching her win her first cap, just because, as I say, with like the the setbacks and stuff she's had, it took her quite a while to to get there. Um, so I think that's got to be like the proudest proudest moment about it is just watching her be able to do that and watching see how happy she was with that really really proud and be able to watch her doing it on the telly now and stuff it's just yeah it's amazing so i first played tag rugby in primary school absolutely loved it but didn't really realized that it was something you could do outside of school so played in a couple tournaments had a great time but then that was kind of the end of that and then my brother started playing rugby when he went to secondary school and I would watch him and be on the sidelines. It's a classic story, really, of a little girl watching her big brother. Just loved watching him and it was pretty boring at times and cold, so eventually I got involved and uh, started playing at Morton and Norton Rugby Club and absolutely loved it. I loved the fact that you could kind of like be aggressive and be competitive, like you're allowed to be. So like I loved tackling people and obviously growing up with a big brother, you kind of have to hold your own anyway, so... It was a good environment for me to be in and I just loved it. So carried on and it all went from there. I was first coached at Hartbury by Nolly, Danielle Waterman, and she was a massive inspiration to me. I remember sitting down with her one day and she said to me, well, what do you want to do? Like, where do you want to go with your rugby? And I'm very much an I don't know person. And I was like, oh, I'm not really sure. Don't really see where I could go with it and she said well if you wanted to play for England you could if you make the right choices and and do the right things and I think that kind of clicked a switch for me where I was like actually I could take this a bit more seriously I kind of went there thinking oh I can I can throw a rugby ball around every day have a kick about not really realizing that actually this is a great pathway for me like to kind of kick start my rugby career so I got into England under-20s when I was 17, but then got injured, so didn't ever get to play for them. I was out for a couple of years, didn't get back into that, and after that I was kind of like, well, I do love playing, but I don't really know if I'll get to play at a, at a high standard or if I'll just kind of coast along. When I got called into my first England camp, it was just amazing. It's a really incredible feeling to be there and feel like you deserve an opportunity. So when I was 17, I was at Hartbury College, you know, living the dream because you're just, you know, playing rugby all the time. It's great. Ruptured my ACL. It was kind of a tough one, that, because it was my first injury ever and it was a long-term one, so it was really difficult. And then eventually came back from that, um, had a few complications, but came back after, I think, a year and a half and then was playing some really good rugby, really enjoying myself in Bucks in Cardiff Met. And then a couple of years later, ruptured my ACL again, same side. That was a big one because I think I kind of knew what it entailed and what the rehab entailed and what I would have to do to get back to playing at the level I was. So I found it, found it really tough, but managed to get back quite quickly from that one. I think it was about eight months that I was back. 
rehab, it's really long and you obviously, when you've done it before, you know what to expect. So you kind of, you can prepare yourself, but equally preparing yourself for that is, is a slog, like it's real tough. I think at the time, so I was in uni and I was, it was in my third year, so I was writing my diss. And actually, I think that was a really good thing because I had something external to focus on. So then rehab was just a routine then. And it felt really easy to just get up and do it when I had other things that I needed to be up for. You don't want to be getting a long-term injury when you're trying to write your diss. But actually, I wasn't just leaving it aside because I was playing rugby because I didn't have that. So I had to then put everything into something else. When COVID hit was an interesting time for me, actually, because I was, again, another long-term injury, but three weeks out from playing. So really prepared to be back playing. And then we kind of got told, oh, there's going to be a lockdown. You need to go home. I was thinking, oh, great. And I was asking my SNC at club. I was like, oh, should I take some tackle shields home? Because I need to complete my return to contact. And he was like, no, I don't think you'll need them. I d didn't really understand. And then obviously we got into lockdown and it became longer and longer. But at the time I was just coaching, had a couple of coaching jobs in a couple of schools and stuff. Didn't really do much else, was obviously doing my rehab and that was the main focus for me because I wanted to be playing for England again. So that was the plan, play for England again and you'll be fine. Dream was to get contracted again. So put all my eggs in that basket, went into COVID lockdown and I was thinking, oh no, I don't have, I don't have an income because there's no rugby anymore, so I'm not coaching. So I got a job in Asda and I would do home shopping. So I'd start at three o'clock in the morning, finish at 10, which sounds terrible. And I used to complain about it a lot, but actually in hindsight, it was really helpful for me because I'd go to bed early, I'd get up, go and, go and work, uh, sleep for a couple hours, wake up and eat, and then I'd train. And I'd just get all my training done in the afternoon and then start all over again. So as repetitive as it was, it really forced me to be in a routine and I think that's what a lot of people struggled with. It was pretty tough at first but then I actually sat down and thought about it one day and I was thinking oh we're not going to be in lockdown forever it can't possibly last forever so I thought I'll just I'll just get by and I'll work hard and I'll get my training in and this is actually a really good situation for me to be in to like make sure that I'm on top of my training and I'm on top of my rehab and it gave me the opportunity to get fit like before we went back into pre-season and stuff so then when the season came around again I felt great. I'd recovered, didn't feel like I was battered and bruised every week, didn't feel like I'd rushed back from an injury to then be playing in the league every week. So for me, COVID lockdown wasn't that bad. Once I got over the initial disappointment of not having rugby and the league being cancelled and I had to kind of think, well, actually, this is the case for everybody. It's not just my problem. And obviously, it was a really tough time for loads of people. For me personally, I managed to get by just fine because I got a routine and I got settled into that. Tatiana Heard off the pitch. So she's quite reserved. She loves her own time. But then she'll come out and say the funniest thing or like a really cutthroat thing for people and it'll just crack everyone up because you just won't expect it. My name's Sarah Hunter. I play for Loughborough Lightning and the England Red Roses. She has had some of the most horrific injuries and at the most difficult of times, but has just picked herself up, got herself back time and time again. So the mental resilience she must have to have is incredible. I feel like she's just in the form of her life, you know, 
we saw out on New Zealand, what she could do. I think those injuries, although they've been difficult, she's just been able to really develop and hone her individual skills, like her ability to break a tackle, to line break, to absolutely nail someone, little offloads, her delivery on pass is pinpoint. And I just think the player that she's grown into is exceptional. After my fourth cap, that was when I was contracted, you know, living the dream, didn't expect it at all to be a full-time rugby player, so that was really cool. It was kind of surreal, actually, like I didn't really believe it and, you know, like everybody kind of gets imposter syndrome a little bit, but I was like, I don't deserve to be here, but this is cool, so I'll just embrace it. So then that was when I ruptured my other ACL, right leg. That was kind of rock bottom for me because I went from having it all to then feeling like there was nothing which was pretty rough, but obviously everybody comes out of these things generally. And it's all kind of a learning experience, I guess. But yeah, then when I got my fifth cap, it was so much sweeter because there were so many times when I thought, oh, I'm never going to be back in the squad. I'm never going to get that opportunity again. And that was genuinely my only goal this ho- the whole time. Like the whole time I was rehabbing, I just thought like, I just want one more cap because you never know where that could lead on to. But I didn't want to have impossible dreams. So I was like, I want one more cap and then we'll see. The longer it kind of went on, the more I thought, maybe this isn't going to happen. Maybe I'm not going to get back to where I want to be. And maybe that's not going to be an opportunity that, that I experience again. For me, it was never enough and I always wanted more. But I guess from an outside perspective, if you say to somebody, oh, I've got four caps for England, they think, oh, that's amazing. For me, it wasn't. And I wanted more. Um, so always wanted to get back, get another cap. So when I did, best day ever. I'm Detasha Harper and I play for Loughborough Lightning and England Rugby. I would describe Tatiana Hurd as someone who is fun, quiet, she's very calming. If she doesn't like something, you'll know about it because she likes her own peace and quiet and space. As a player, I think she's incredible and I actually look up to her because I think she's such a grafter. She's someone that's been in and out a few times as well. And I think like how she bounces back every time is what makes her so great. She's so strong, powerful, and she just sit. <laughs> For somebody that's never met me, I'd describe myself as an introvert. I'm a bit shy. I like to keep myself to myself. I don't really like loud environments. But I actually didn't like being alone when I was younger. I didn't mind it and I was happy to be spend time by myself and like reset that way but I never really found the opportunities to do that and then it was when I had my most recent injury that I realized like I'm doing all my rehab and all my gym and all my conditioning by myself at the start of that when I first got it was full time and then all the girls were in camp or were away so nobody else that was full time was around so yeah I was getting all my training done in the day and it was all by myself I realised that I enjoyed my own company, so I would spend time on my own in a coffee shop or somewhere quiet with a book. kind of picked up reading only a few years ago because my S&C recommended a couple of books and I was like, oh, I'm not really into reading, but I'll give it a go. And then eventually like, got really hooked on it. So the more, I think last year I must have read, I think, 35 books. Uh, my target was 22 because, you know, it's 2022. I just love it really, like to go and have a little reset and a bit of quiet time because... 
especially in camp, there's people everywhere. And, and as great as it is to be around everybody, it's really important, I think, to have time to think by yourself or to not think and look at a book. I really enjoy that. And I feel like it really benefits me to then like come away and then be back in the environment. And then I feel like I kind of thrive in it rather than just getting by and like coasting along with making conversation all the time. That kind of, that kills me. <laughs> I love being Northern. I don't know. It's always something that the Northerners are proud of. And Taishi's from, you know, what the West, so not so good. But um, but yeah, be, being from the North, every, everybody's really proud of it. There's not loads of rugby union up north, especially in the Premier 15s now. It's not the best, like, it's not going that well for northern rugby, for the women especially. So um, to kind of have players, and there's loads of us now in the squad, to have us all here, I think is massive because for, like, little girls growing up from the north, from Yorkshire and, I guess, Lancashire, <laughs> they've got people to look up to and, and it's massive because... They've not necessarily got clubs that they can look up to and go and watch. It's really important, I think, that they still see that it's possible for them to play at this level and to aspire to do that because you don't want people to choose not to play rugby because they haven't got the access to it. It sounds kind of silly, really, because if you're playing for your country, you're going to be a role model, but I've never really thought of it that way and I've never really kind of considered that actually people are looking up to us all and as exciting as it is you kind of forget or I do anyway because I just still think oh Emily Scarrett's amazing do you know the, the classic the cliches and you forget that like we're all part of it so yeah it's amazing to be a role model but also just like when that realization hits you that we're all one it's it's pretty exciting when I first started watching rugby and becoming interested in the sport, Maggie Alfonsi was the only black or mixed race woman that was involved with England. So then when there's girls like Shauna and Sadia and Taish, like it is amazing. Like it's really exciting that there's girls that are from different backgrounds and different environments that wouldn't necessarily realise that rugby could be a sport for them. It's really great that they then feel like they can be part of it or at least look up to people that are part of it now so that hopefully we can kind of grow the sport and get more people into it. Now to Large, what can the back produce? Kerry Large looking for Tatiana Hurd, breaking tackles, brilliant try from the inside centre. Two tackles she's gone through. Glossa Harpery right back in this game. Coming back into pre-season and getting involved there, I knew that I was a massive outsider. Like I hadn't been in the Six Nations. I hadn't been playing in any tournaments in the build-up. I hadn't had that exposure and that experience and uh, just kind of, you know, like tried to come into training and put my best foot forward. So then when the squad was announced, like it, it was pretty unbelievable for me really. So the day that we got the announcement, I didn't want to be around anybody in case I wasn't going because that's the way I thought it would be going. So I packed myself a picnic and went and watched the sunset and I was just, you know, waiting for the phone call to, to let me down. I think it was all the more sweet then because I really didn't have any expectations and all throughout pre-season I just was kind of trying to enjoy the journey because I didn't know when it would end. So to, to get on that plane then was, was massively surreal and I didn't quite believe it but once we obviously landed in New Zealand... It was amazing and I was just really grateful to be there. So, yeah, a really great experience. Mm -hmm. 
I didn't expect to be going. And then when we got there, I didn't expect to be playing. I just thought, I'm here for, for the training. I'm here to be a defender, um, like help the team to get where they need to be. So then when I got to to play against South Africa, I was really excited, couldn't wait. But I, for some reason, wasn't that nervous. And generally, I'm quite a nervous person, but I thought, this is your one opportunity, so you've just got to make the most of it and enjoy it. So I just went out there, tried to enjoy myself, and luckily that, that turned out quite well, so I probably should use that technique more often. To get player of the match and to get the win that day in our last pool game was was amazing, and then I'm really grateful that then, following on from that, I then got more opportunities to play. So I definitely took loads of positives from the tournament. Obviously, it was really disappointing that um, we didn't get the result we wanted. On a personal level, I didn't expect to be there. So the experiences that I gained just in the training environment and being in that team environment away from home, I feel like really developed me as a player and as a person. And also just the bonds that you make with the team when you spend that much time together as a core group. It really helped me to develop my confidence like around the girls and just like on the training field because I just felt like I knew where I stood and I knew what I needed to do. I think I really developed as a player. I really enjoyed it, really enjoyed the experience and I feel like it gave me loads of confidence and made me want to be better and that drive to improve even more and like see where we can get to as a squad and where I can get to personally. I just want us to keep winning things. I'd love to have big involvements and I would love to like be a consistent player in the squad and be a player that people want to be out there with. I think that the biggest compliment is when players want you on their team. That's kind of what I want to achieve. And also, I want to be a world champion. I want to win it all. <laughs> <laughs>